Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> yes, well, it's a positive thing called the High Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. Delicious. This particular episode of the Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. Oh, okay, it looks like the hairy guy is ready to record. Three, two, one. Go Shy Yeti. Found out my secret. I think he has. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul Shayetti. How are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. Uh, I've got Nick here. How are you doing, I've Nick? Got the not so shy Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we, we have we have had. We, I can't remember. What he's, I can't remember. What, I should do. I can't remember what he was called now. But we did have a, a very. Um, we had a very. Uh, um, bold, bold, bold Bigfoot or something, didn't we, dear? Stills is here. Um, I, I really should have written, but the fans of the show are going to Fans be, of the show uh, probably know more than we would. <laughs> yeah, well, he did get sent off to, uh, he did get sent off to another dimension. It hasn't been seen for about three years, but... Uh, As you uh, do. Anyway. Uh, actually, isn't that against the rules of uh, lockdown? Are, are dimensions, are other dimensions actually... Uh, are you allowed to go I'm to other dimensions sure. in the current lockdowns? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. But he, he went there. Th- he went there before it started, so I guess he gets to stay there. So anyway, um, this time um, we're going to do a slightly different episode. Uh, well, <laughs> oh, of course we are. We're not going to do the. We're not going to do a repeat performance on a previous one. But uh, <laughs> since you liked but no, it have... so much, we're going to do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine it's like uh, repertory theatre. Theater, uh, That's right. We'll just, <laughs> Remember that episode we did about the music of 1975? Well, we're going to do it again today. We probably could do it, actually. We probably could. Don't go away, listeners. No. Um, no, we won't tell you what we're going to be doing. We're going to run the theme music, and when we come back, we will tell you what our plan for this episode is. <laughs> It's time for my old buddy, old pal, from across the channel, across the pond, Paul Chandler, the shy daddy. He's not that shy. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? Oh boy, he's not all that shy is right. Blimey, Governor, it's the Shy Life Podcast. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. He's positively glowing. <laughs> Hello, and we're back. So, yes. Now, my plan for this episode is... Uh, well, it's a weird one, but <laughs> you won't be surprised about that. But I'm sure you've all heard about word association and, you know, how... Uh, the, the, and. and this isn't quite word association, or at least the theory of word association. It, it's more using words 
to see what it triggers um, uh, between Nick and I as far as conversation. <laughs> yes, because uh, if it was word association, yeah, there might be a, a thing. That, what does this word remind you of? Sex! Or some things might come out of the work we, we, we don't want on uh, primetime TV so, or primetime uh, pod, podding. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, this yeah. this way we have a safety valve where we we can actually think about it before we. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so and also sometimes word association is just you say one word and then the next word you say it's just it's just another word you don't have a conversation about. That's it, right. Yeah. We want to have a, we want to have a conversation. So, but what I have found is a website that randomly generates words because I particularly I particularly like the. Um, the, the randomness because otherwise it feels like you know i might have primed certain words or i might have you know that's that, that's what like when we've done episodes where we've done random film years it, yeah. it, it was always more enjoyable for for if it comes to I mean, yeah yeah because i mean i could select the the years and it would be a surprise to you but it wouldn't be a surprise to me i like i want to be surprised as well so um so what i thought the, the website i've got it I thought we'd start with just one, with just single words. Um, but then as we go on, we can even do two or three. I don't know if that'll just c- complicate things, but if it does, then we'll, we can always go back well, to the let's start. let's do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, so um, I will start the first word. Um, but there's a word, in, there's a word already on the screen, so we'll, we'll go for that. And uh, I, I, I really... N- not quite sure, or oh, I'm really, I'm really um, intrigued as to what uh, memory this might trigger. But <laughs> the word is bacon. Bacon. Ooh, um, bacon. Uh, there's a few things here. Um, so, uh, I remember in in a science lesson, um, Kevin Reeves, who's now a dog uh, breeder, um, was uh, turns around saying, "I've got a silly joke." This is at school. Uh, um, how do you make smoky bacon set fire to a pig? <laughs> Which is <laughs> not terribly funny, but uh, it, it probably gawfully uh, back then. Bacon, uh, this is something I like. Um, is I like it crispy. Um, I certainly like to... I, actually, I, and I have frazzles, frazzles for lunch. Uh, yeah, I like frazzles. I like frazzles, yeah. Uh, somebody recently asked me what my favourite flavour of crisp was, and oh, um, although I don't have crisps that often, I, I still wouldn't say no to a packet of frazzles. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, as I say, uh, it's one of those things I usually, if if it's um, breakfast-wise, we'd only have bacon if we were on holiday, I think, or occasionally, if, if, if it was a whim uh, on Ali's part, I would, I would have bacon yeah now, now, now forgive me if I, I'm wrong but was there a cafe called the bacon sandwich in Salisbury or am I imagining that or maybe I'm thinking of of, of some of, I, I, I just felt like there was a uh, it was the name of a cafe I used to go into but I'm, yes. I'm presuming it's Salisbury but, yes it uh, is the bacon sandwich um, mm. yes uh, about it was round about when we st- the early days of the films uh, we did. Uh, there was. I don't know what it was before, but now it's my favourite Indian restaurant, the Kathmandu Kitchen. Um, but it, uh, the one near the station. Yeah, the one near the station. Sort That's of thing. the one. Uh, you and I. Yeah. I'm sure must have uh, uh, eaten there, had a drink in there many times. My main memory of the bacon sandwich when it was was the bacon sandwich because it went it 
I think this is before it went 50s. It, it went into sort of a, a 50s diner look after this. But during the bacon sandwichy time, I remember we went in. We used to go in there after filming. Um, I think probably, pro, no doubt we, we were there for a certain part. But I do know that we were there for uh, after Inquisition-in-law and also Child Anubis uh, during the shoot. Because Dear Departed Jill... Shattuck, my girlfriend at the time, was in there with us because she was attending the recordings and Keith was there and she and Keith had a Dalek fight with their Coke cans um, oh, and for some reason yeah, Jill's that. Dalek was American. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, it was a lovely, lovely cafe, yes. And I used to go in there with Tina as well. I also think that it was before all that, I think maybe in the 80s it was called Meg's Caf. Um, or, or certainly Meg's Caf was in a yeah. I can only think of was in that same sort of area but I, 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 meant, I remember that because other, other Paul or Paul from school who appears on this show on occasion his grandma was called Meg um, so it was a bit of, I think it was a bit of a we used to sort of joke it was her, her cafe although it wasn't her cafe <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. A bacon sandwich actually now you come to mention it bacon sandwich I think would be one of my favourite associations with bacon because it was a lovely lovely calf and it's still a lovely you know it's it's as soon as lockdown's over we'll be going in there uh, to, to have an Indian meal you know it's, we're look, look, really looking forward to it but um, yeah but it was a great little stop off if you were filming I, I think we planned planned to go there with uh, after Run Fast in the World but it didn't it sort of it didn't work out but it was a nice stop off and so, particularly nice if it was like I think I might, might be making this up but when you and I used to go sort of on train journeys and things like that if we had a little time to spare that's exactly the place we would stop off for a cup of tea or something before or coffee before we headed off um so i mean it's great uh bacon bacon no no i don't think we need uh, i mean we can move on to a different word now i oh, think right, yeah. that's my that that's um unless you have lots of other, <laughs> lots um, of, lots of other no i, I don't think thoughts, so no, it's I a think, flavor yeah. uh, you know obviously as you the, the listeners have probably gathered I'm not actually a vegetarian but uh, I, I've that is I do like bacon I must admit um, um, but no it's funny how it's crisp. funny I not thought about the bacon sandwich uh, I mean that's partly what I wanted to do with exactly. the bacon sandwich for, for years, a, for years and it just exactly. suddenly came it's to, into my it's head a hell of a key to unlock all sorts of things yeah right let's see what another word uh, we might come up with we'll just stick with just single ones at the moment um, right. Oh, <laughs> this is going to generate uh, <laughs> some good discussions. The word is not pub, but in, I-N-N. In? Which is, you could say, this is, uh, you know, <laughs> we could, I think we could probably use yeah. that as a, 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 like, sort of pub. Uh, we, I mean, I, I, I was thinking of sort of... Um, around 1994 because I've been editing the episode that we recorded about the music of 1994 that was my year when I was in Salisbury a lot for my work um, placement and we certainly did a lot of inns or pubs in that time um, pubs yeah. in Salisbury um, including the pub that's near the top of the road by my parents which is no longer a pub at all but uh, uh, the, the yeah. stag 
we we used to play pool. Lovely stag. Uh, I've, I've, every yeah. time when I go to your parents, sometimes obviously when when you're there, when we meet up and and exchange tapes, I. I always feel crestfallen when I I look at this what's become of the stag now. It's all boarded up. This even before COVID, it's all boarded up and looking sad. But yeah, I mean, I I, I suppose a pub inevitably I I gravitate towards pubs in terms of when it when it's in. Obviously, the railway inn is a very big part of my life. I, well, I grew up next door to it for the first ten years of my life. I'm, it's now a big part of my life because in peacetime, as it were, I've uh, it's my regular. Um, the railway inn is also called the Dust Hole, but it's, it's other name is the railway inn. Tollgate Inn, which is no more, which was just down the other road, the other side of Tollgate Road, which is where you and I and Andrew Dexter and Callum and various friends uh, were spent my wedding eve. Uh, we, 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 we went in for a quick drink before they closed um, on the night on the night before I got married. Um, which was very, very nice, nice, pleasant, very pleasant memory. Um, in uh, the Jamaica Inn, the uh, obviously it's it was a play, but also um, I have been in the real Jamaica Inn, uh, which is in Cornwall. Uh, when I went down after, shortly after Jill died, um, and I went there with her parents and her friend Sarah. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I read, yeah, I read, I read the Jamaica. I've read Jamaica in the book by Daphne du Maurier. Yeah, but I haven't visited the uh, location. Um, I have some pickies actually. I might uh, when the, when when this episode goes out, I, I have to remind myself. And but uh, I have a picture of the 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 board, the you know the board outside. Mm. Um, I I can't really yeah I can't really think of pubs that I. Other than ones you may have mentioned, which I I've been in with you, um, I I don't know many um, pubs with the name in in them. But going back to that nineteen ninety four, I can remember the sort of pubs we used to go into. We used to yeah. go into the cloisters. Um, that that that's sort of on the well, not sort of on the well, quite near my old school, I suppose, quite near the grammar school. Um, yes, the, the, uh, near near Bishops uh, was the sh- oh, well. It's not there anymore, but the shipping. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I, uh, that sticks in my mind when we went to Smite the young young communicants group that I was part of. Where I met Danny. Um, mm. We were we were meeting up with a new leader there in 1986, and that was where we met. And she came out to meet us around there, and the shipping was still there. I think it's some B and B now, but. Um, yeah, there's the in this and in that. I, I'm just trying to think of an inn that. Well, they, I don't suppose there's such a thing as an inn that isn't a pub. Um, yeah. But I, it's a nice name for a pub, uh, an inn. You know, it's kind of got got a kind of suggests a certain history. There must be a few uh, in Salisbury. Well, you know, a, a sort uh, of oh, this is you know people have been coming here for years. And, um, uh, yeah, I can't remember whether really. I'm sure that the technical description of an inn might be. An inn is one where you can always stay. Like um, um, I might look at a definition in a sec, but um, um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, because Sal- Salisbury is known for its pubs. I mean, as far as it has quite a lot per 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 square foot, I suppose. I'm 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 sure certainly in the nineties. 
there there were uh, you know it was considered to be a city that um that had more than its fair share in, in the nicest possible way it, it absolutely um because uh, well it, it was i think they, they they were sort of the joke was you can't go within a of a, a certain <laughs> a certain distance without you know finding a pub it says the actual definition of an inn is a pub, typically one in the country, in some cases providing accommodation. So, okay, so it's not always... So uh, certainly the one in Jamaica Inn was the only inn for miles, um, um, which sort of fits with, uh, with, with that sort of... Uh, the, the idea of it being in the country and things. Uh, yeah, that's that's the key thing. I think that's what gives the the name a certain elegance and a certain gravitas. Um, let's see another word. See what um, what it brings us. Uh, ooh, um, the next word uh, we have is the word essay. Essay. Um, ooh. Do you, do you want to start us, us off on this? Yeah, I mean, I still sometimes have, and I think even just the other day, I had a dream where I was still at university, and um, I I had like a, an essay to finish, and I was sort of rushing, getting distracted with things, and I think I still have that. You know, I don't think I ever was late for a. Um, for providing an essay, even when I was at university, I've always said that um, I certainly wouldn't want to do like what um, our mutual friend Harry did and do an MA and go back to. Uh, I know you. I know you did um, your studies later on in your twenties, but you had you had had a nice break before you went back to studying. Whereas I, I, I feel like I, I would, would would never want to um, do that. Because, I, uh, you know, I still get nightmares about <laughs> writing essays and um, meeting deadlines, and and the weird thing is, as I say, I never, I was never late for a deadline. I was, um, but I, I still, I, I almost say, I'd almost say it was like an, a recurring nightmare where I, I, f- I don't know where even where it comes from now, but I still almost have. Um, a memory of what probably was a dream of um, being late for coursework and failing um, uh, failing an exam or, um, or, or or sort of which never actually happened so I can only think it must cook uh, I, 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 when I had this dream the other night it reminded me of that and I thought actually well but that never happened I, I, I never failed uh, my like university course because I didn't finish an essay or coursework but um yeah, so, so when I think of the word essay, it kind of yeah, it, it's funny how it sort of brings up not the not even real life study, but uh, um, I, I certainly remember when I was doing my A levels, it was very annoying that um, you got to do lots of coursework, and I always did very well with my coursework, and then on one of my subjects, it was. Well, most of the subjects, I mean, you only do three subjects, really. You only do three subjects when you're doing A-levels, but um, mostly. But uh, um, two of 
the subjects, the coursework went towards the final exam and then there was an exam. But with one of my subjects, um, you did all that coursework and then actually it had no bearing on what happened. Um, and you didn't, you did the exam and that was 100% the result. And of course, with one subject, I did completely muck up the exam and then failed two years worth of work when otherwise I got a really good mark for coursework and for essays and things. So um, I, 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 looking back, I still sort of resent the fact that why was that the case with that subject when the other subjects... Uh, so so yeah. Yeah, it tends to be negative connotations. <laughs> um, and um, I certainly did a lot of essays when I was at university. And I, it also brought up for me that um, there were some lecturers that I knew who possibly weren't um, they, their decisions about marks were maybe linked to more than just the piece of work because I'm sure I've told this um, connected to Sutton Park that I did a yeah. local studies project about Sutton Park when, when I was doing my local studies module of my library degree which basically meant that I went to the local Sutton Coalfield Library, and I went through lots of newspaper articles of things that were very ephemeral, things that had happened, like events that happened. And I wrote a sort of social history of Sutton Park. Um, I, I can't remember what the the, the, the year, sort of, uh, you know, probably between the 60s and 90s or whatever was available. And so it was original work. And I also, it was great because it allowed me to go into Sutton Park and take photos to illustrate. Um, whilst I was then also allowed me to re just get on with recording Sutton Park, and I could sort of say it was all it was all for for work, <laughs> for for school for college work, yeah. um, and then at the end of when I handed it in, I got a reasonable amount, you know, I got a above average mark, but the lecturer said, have a have a look at uh, ha have a look at this piece of work, uh, and I looked at it, and you could clearly see that the student had just got the Sutton Park guide uh, that you can buy in a shop, chopped it, chopped it up and stuck the pictures from the guide because you could see the words that they had written on the, on the backside of the photos. And they just handed in, basically... And so how on earth this lecturer could have given that person, like, an A grade? I mean, obviously, I was a bit of an expert on Sutton Park. I, I saw it immediately. Um... But I can only think that that lecturer and that student had a very friendly relationship for him to give her such a, a really high mark. Everything was totally plagiarised. And I showed it to my colleague, my other student <laughs> colleagues and said, look, 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 this, look, she's showing me this piece of work as if it's a good piece of work and it's just a hack job. Um, we didn't say anything because we thought that could affect any future essays we handed into this lecture if we'd made him look yeah. an idiot. Because um, it wasn't somebody who was currently on the course, it was a couple of years uh, old at that point. So, uh, so yeah, essays, it brings brings up some bitter memories in a way. Um, but uh, hopefully you've got something a bit more positive I, to say. Well, <laughs> I've got something a bit more jolly. So I have to say, um, um, hopefully this will come out okay, but connectivity-wise, I'm getting about three seconds of you and three seconds of silence and three seconds of you and three seconds of silence. So um, if, if you if you interject at any point and I seem to be ignoring you, please forgive me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to... Uh, yeah, essay definitely... <laughs> 
uh, some memories. Um, nothing, nothing is accomplished as as what you've you've said. But um, down in the Highbury days of nineteen eighty one eighty two, we had a, a, a form tutor called Mrs Christensen, who I have to say looked great in jeans. So she was positively the only form teacher I had and the only year I had where they did look good in jeans or so everybody else was grumpy old men um but with essays now I I've heard about essay well I only really heard of essays when I went to Highbury uh, because they were usually they usually equated to punishment if if we'd been naughty in class uh, and I for ages I thought it was s a two separate words i thought it was an acronym for something um so i, I you know i, I just thought um it, it, i don't know i wonder what the s and the a stands for but um so in my diary around that time is going to oh, we got an s we had it in s a um but it's oh, yeah. uh, this is christensen on the outward it seemed you know young and trendy and good looking and but uh, she was actually quite a stickler and um, at the time i was landed with another rather naughty class i mean that's kind of a glib thing to say but i i you know i was a, i was a good boy at school i, I never i've never liked being in, tr- in trouble full stop uh, i still don't like being in trouble at 52 um but i yeah, I mean, uh, we, they were a, a, a bit of a cheeky class and we kept getting a detention. And Mrs. Christensen used to give us a detention for getting a detention, which um, I thought was, you know, because it let the class down. And that detention usually consisted of um, either lunchtime or uh, the tutor group actually writing an essay. And I sat next to a guy called Gary Farmer. He was a Cumbrian. And uh, great fun guy, you know. Wasn't one of your alpha males. He was he was jolly and he was funny and and he you know and, and he, um, uh, he he was he was enormous entertainment value. And like all like all good people, he he buggered off and was never seen again. Um, but I he, yeah he 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 would write these essays in the form of these kind of almost parable stories uh, about the usually featuring the teacher that had given us the detention uh, in, in a story where they ended up dying horribly. <laughs> and, and he would, you know, I think there was, um, there were, I think we were all, they were always naughty in science because there was a science teacher who was a bit oversensitive and uh, tended to um, bulk at comments about his beard. Um, so he was called Beard for many generations of children and um, he, I think there was a, a, an acid test you know, where we were testing some sodium, sodium of some description and it was you know it was burning and we were told if we touch it we'd turn to soap i.e. you know we'd fizzle and, and dissolve now I, uh, all the boys were kind of interpreted as that we'd suddenly instantly turn into a bar of soap <laughs> and um you know, Gary wrote this essay uh, where we were naughty, and someone, one of the boys, touched us and turned into a bar of soap. Um, <laughs> and um, and in the end, I think somebody lit a fag and it fell into the acid, and, and the lab blew up, Mister Lee and all. Um, so there was always a, a parable, whereas the person who got us into trouble in the first place, i.e., the teacher, um, would yes, would read it, read and ask the end. I think Mrs. Christensen was. Um, were, were uh, sort of uh, up to an because of the the other thing we were uh, was um, we were 
some of them were told off for running up and down the banks when it was wet and uh, rainy and and, and they get muddy and um the, 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 and mrs christian ended up sinking in the mud <laughs> and, and died and um, I mean, she, you know we, we we got to like her in the end and then we were she was taken from us and and we were given to a um a rather boring steel metalwork teacher for the rest of our duration there but essays yes essays with mrs christensen i don't think they were ever handed in i don't think they were ever marked because um poor old gary would have got a detention for getting a detention for getting a detention because <laughs> he would have um you know the book the book would have been absolutely written off but yeah he got away with I mean, it, was, it was enormous one of my favorite memories of highbury uh, was um, those essays and um, and Gary's twist on them, but yeah, that that was d- definitely what essays mean to me. <laughs> cool. Listeners, it is I, Cuthbert. At this point in the conversation, Paul and Nick began to have some internet problems which required resolving. We'll leave them to it for a moment and head across to a little quiz that Paul did with our good friend Canadian Ryan. This time it is all about comic book heroes. Let's see how Ryan does, and then we'll return to our advertised topic and share with you a number of other words as a trigger to all manner of chitter-chat. A little quiz. Um, if, if it, um, <laughs> this is one of these quizzes that uh, kind of edit, editorializes, if you know what I mean. It, it kind of puts its own little comments in. And you think, oh, that's a bit rude. Uh, so we won't do all of these because it's thirty questions. We'll just do the first few. Um, what is Green Lantern's weakness? And it says, aside from Ryan Reynolds and bad CGI, uh, the color yellow. Uh, which of these is not a DC Comics villain? Swiss Army Man, Captain Boomerang, Calendar Man, or Clock King? Oh, it's not a DC villain? Hmm. Well, Calendar te- Man and Captain Boomerang are definitely DC. Mm. I can't remember for the other two, though. Um, so, Swiss Army Man or Clock King? Do you want to... Want to choose one, and we'll just have to see. Let's go with Swiss Army Man. Um, uh, what group of heroes is sometimes referred to scientifically as Homo Superior? We do have options. Homo Superior is the should be the X Men, I believe. Yeah, it's one of the options. Uh, which comic book character has a butler by the name of Edwin Jarvis? 
Uh, Jarvis is um, Iron Man's mm-hmm. butler. Um, that was one of the options. Um, what was the name of Superman's dog? Crypto. <laughs> one of the options is Canine. Doctor Who would be very cross uh, <laughs> if he's stolen Canine. Um, what's the name of the first Robin? I think I can get that one. Well, unless it's something I don't. You've got Dick Grayson, Damian Wayne, Jason Todd, or Tim Drake. Of course, it could be more complicated than I realised. Well, which one do you think it is? Well, I would say Dick Grayson, but who knows? There may be a an earlier, like an earlier. <laughs> it is Dick Grayson. Okay. <laughs> you did get that I, one. Yeah, because I thought they might have gone and said, "Oh, right, before Dick Grayson, there is this." Uh, <laughs> uh, who played Lex Luthor in the original 1978 Superman movie? In the original 1978? Yes. You've got um, Marlon Brando, Jesse Eisenberg, Christopher Reeve, or Gene Hackman. Well, two of those, it definitely isn't, because one of them probably was only barely born, and one of them was was playing Superman. I thought Marlon Brando might have done a, had a cameo with like his father or something. Um, so I think it was, I, Gene, it was Hack- Gene Hackman, wasn't it? Yeah. Was this 1978 one? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that. Um, we'll do two more. Um, sure. What is the name of the newspaper editor that Peter Parker worked for as a freelance photographer? I can oh. give you options. Yeah, give me options. I'm blanking on his name. Perry White, Norman Osborn, Clark Kent. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> J. J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson. Okay. Um, oh, no, that's question. That was question eight. We'll do, two, we'll do Dr. Ten. Uh, which comic book hero is sometimes called the Scarlet Speedster? Scarlet Speedster? It should be the Flash. Uh, yep, that's one of the options. And the last one. Uh, how many times is Selina Kyle, Anne Hathaway, referred to as Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises? I don't think she is at all. Yeah, that's one of the options. So. Um, okay, well, this, there are more questions in here, so we'll Hopefully it'll let us. Um, let, let's let's see if you get. We can always use it anyway. Um, what was Daredevil's father's profession? A lawyer, a circus strongman, a welder, or a boxer? Daredevil's father? Mm. Oh, I have no idea. Who uh, <laughs> say a lawyer? Do you think uh, that would? I sort of makes sense because that's what Daredevil ends up being. So maybe he's following in his dad's footsteps. Oh, just a, sorry, just a minute. I've just realised that um, it wasn't. It was a boxer, but when I clicked the wrong answer, it told me. So we do know the answers um, for the other questions. It's just that we didn't get anything wrong. Uh-huh. Ah. So we don't have to do the whole <laughs> thing. Um, it. it I, I just didn't realise that it was. <laughs> I thought that was because we clicked on them. I just thought it was that it was saying, yes, that's what you clicked on. But because yes, we got that other one wrong, and it uh, and it said what it really is. So right, we don't have to anymore. So uh, we got ten out of ten. Uh, although that quiz was rather confusing as to what what we were doing. But uh, yes, it looks like we got ten out of ten. So uh, <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Well, um, thank you very much.
so our next word, uh, we're still doing just just the one word. We'll see how it goes with with yes. other words. I don't. I, I, that could just be yeah. confusing. But um, the next word is <laughs> pyramid. Um, what, what, ah. would, what, what does the word pyramid uh, conjure up for you? Um, two things immediately. Um, Pyramids of Mars, the Doctor Who yes. adventure, um, which I've watched at the age of six and seven, mm. respectively, because I had a birthday. Mm. Uh, actually, my birthday was uh, fell on episode two mm. uh, of the birthday party anyway. Uh, but that was a big influence on myself at the time. I, it was an influential story, a Doctor Who story that stood out for mm. me when I was a baby. Well, not a baby. was a child, a t- an infant school child. Uh, scary, but, you know, sort of... Uh, it's interesting. I, I watched the whole, pretty well most of the whole thing, um, albeit sort of behind the door, uh, you know, around, around the pe- peeping around yeah. the door. Uh, but um, when it came to the... Um, repeat. I was I was still behind the door because I, I I think I was I was a bit disconcerted by um, uh, what I called the foxy uh, face, I uh, 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 um face, and especially when it materializes in the TARDIS. Yeah. It was, ooh. Um, but uh, also pyramids. Um, uh, uh, it, about 1986, um, there was some, there were two pyramids. Confections. Uh, uh, there was pyramids, uh, which had an advert with a mummy advertising it, and um, I always remember because I was, uh, I, I think I was at Manders at the time, Manders mm. Paints, and they were t- we were talking about pyramids because they had the uh, sort of um, what should we call it, a sort of mint mm. um, cream in the middle, and um, uh, one of our <laughs> Jean, who was one of our rather lugubrious old older. Uh, colleagues were saying it reminds you of when you're walking first thing in the morning and some of the old boys have been sick <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> How to make a beautiful piece of confectionery sound ghastly. <laughs> a few months later, when I started at NSS, mm. um, we had the um, there was an apricot version of it uh, in a golden mm. um, pot, little pod. Um, and I've still got the wrapper yeah. from the, the NS yeah, when we started at NSS. It wasn't. I don't think it was. It took off quite so well. And of course, neither of them available anymore. Mm. But um, I thought it was an interesting variation on it. But uh, yeah, pyramids will. Uh, Lisa and uh, Treby and I uh, did an episode, which should probably be out by the time this goes out, where where we do we did like round the archives of university, and we all took subjects that we were supposed to be expert in. <laughs> Obviously, Lisa was history yeah. and. Trevi of science, and I did um, yeah. chocolate bars that have gone out of that have gone out of, um, of print or whatever. <laughs> not not print, but production. Um, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that, that sounds like another chocolate that uh, should have been on that list, but uh, and may have may yes, well have been. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you and I have spoken at length that uh, not necessarily on on the yeah. po- podcast, um, but uh, we've certainly. Um, had our, our share of conversations about confectionery, mm. so I always like it when they bring out an, a different kind of flavour. But yes, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, I was because really, really, yeah, pyramid. When I think of pyramid, ironically, yeah, I, but, but not to us, uh, pyramid to Mars is the, the thing I, I yeah, think yeah. of, and um, and I think it probably is important to me not because I saw it at the time. 
Um, I obviously I read the book, but it was one of the first video releases that I had. I think so. Mm. I probably watched it far more than you know, sort yes. of the, than uh, I would no- normally have, have done. Um, probably more than even other sh- other episodes that had, were. I'm not sure when Pyramids of Mars came out. Was it was the show still running when it came? The, the video came out in '85, yeah. uh, ten yeah. years after the uh, the show was still running. But I remember um, it was the first video I saw. I didn't have a video recorder at the time, but um, Fiona, mm. now Alan, uh, and Keith, uh, we we, uh, we yeah. all teamed up and we went to Chatwick uh, to see where Awakening was filmed. And we, we ended the day by going mm-hmm. home and watching Pyramids of Mars. It was an enormous thing for me at the time because a I remember the story and b it was the first Doctor Who video I'd actually yeah, I- seen. So I, it, it, I mean, it sounds pathetic compared to some fans, but it, it, that, it was a big deal. But for me, I, I videos in '85 were very expensive, so I didn't have it then. I probably had it when it became <laughs> retail, sort of um, like nine ninety nine type. Um, probably a few years later, but uh, um, but yeah. the other thing I think of there's two other, two other little things. What one would be our friend Andy, who's been on the show, or uh, Andy Ching, I should say, because there's so many Andys who've been on the show. Yeah. Um, when he did his Child of a Nearest, yeah. that, that, that was all sort of... Uh, yeah. In the, in, was that the 90s or the early noughties? It was, oh, uh, no, 95, That yes. was sort of, sort of um, about Egyptian gods. And the, and the other thing, um, I, I'm sure Harry won't mind sharing it with us. He may have even spoken about <laughs> it himself. But just before the first lockdown, he went to Egypt, I, I think. I think it was in Egypt, oh. and he went to a pyramid, and he went inside a pyramid, and then very, very much regretted it because that apparently it's like sh- lots of shuffle boards, and and it's uh, and, and Harry isn't the slimmest guy, and, um, and, and he got claustrophobia <laughs> doing it, and had to he, he had to go back. With, yeah. I, I don't know quite how they do it, but I suppose you go in and you can, maybe you come out a different way, but he he couldn't progress, so and, and he caused a lot of trouble because he had to shuffle yeah. back out again. I would almost certainly be the same, actually. I, I yeah, do sympathise yeah, with him. It sounds awful. Um, I, I, I can get claustrophobia. But I, I, I mean, I, you know, I should have said, oh, yes, Egypt and the pyramids of history and things like that. But um, I always say with Egypt, I, I, my, my, I don't really have any ambitions for foreign travel, but Egypt, I think, would be a little bit too far for me. And they, to, the, the climate too... Uh, you know, I, if I want to see Egypt, I, uh, I'll save me bum having several injections in it. And, and well, even, even <laughs> yeah, well, e- even um, if you're very careful, you know, I I, I had a, a colleague at work who went to a lot of these places like Egypt and stuff, and and you know, she enjoyed herself, but every single time she came back, she was off sick with something um, as a result of yeah. Sort of, or getting over when she came back, she was getting over a stomach problem. Because even if you're care, you're very careful, yes. which she would have been, um, it's difficult. To, you know, you don't really know if people have washed yeah. the food in water in the or, or you know. Yeah, I'm like I cause, cause compared to my dad, I I I was I, I consider myself fairly adventurous with food, but even, you know, the thing even sort of Italy was was a bit hard work for me in terms of the food there um but yeah i i, I don't feel that i'd get on with no, egypt better with you and uh, america um uh, uh, i guess if i ever got as far as australia i'd be fine in australia except for the heat and maybe the yeah. poison uh poisonous, poisonous spikes. Yeah. <laughs> i was reading, in, oh, I was reading an, art- uh, an article where somebody was saying 
this was uh, talking about film film behind the scenes on filming Sons and Daughters in the in the eighties. Yeah. They went to do a pool scene and they found some some um, sleeping funnel web spiders at the bottom of the pool Ooh. or something, or, or presumably they can live underwater and they had to cut. They, oh, they, they, yeah. <laughs> they had to cancel the filming for the day because the, for the whole day. I, I, I don't know if I. Yeah, I mean, there was no, there wasn't much more. I guess they had a, perhaps they had a, a, you know, they needed to do it at that point, or they needed to be in another set later on in the day, and they, Good I guess, whatever type of filming they had to do, they couldn't do it. At that um, they had to shuffle things around. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think I could cope with that. <laughs> um, I, not that I'm particularly arachnophobic. I'm just, you know, obviously, I'm not too keen on the big, the big buggers. But um, also, um, I think. Um, I mean, uh, uh, there's a lad at work who is a cricketer, and he he went over to do some uh, referee, you know, what of the um, uh, whatever the training uh, they did, and he he came back with many a scary story about spiders. Uh, so, but no, so yeah, um, a, but yes, it might be. I never get to Australia. <laughs> I just watch a, a heck of a lot of it on TV over the years. You too. <laughs> it's almost as you know. A, um, Honorary yeah, but I, 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 always, I always think I, I, I might it might spoil my view if I just couldn't only because we're not used to the temperatures and we're not used to that. I just don't know um, if I if if uh, I enjoy yeah. it as much as I enjoy watching it on TV. Yeah. That's right. I have no intention to go into Australia. Um, only I think I think the only thing that would lure me to Australia would be if um, they because there is supposed to be uh, the chance of it existing anymore is very slim but there is supposed to be out there a video uh, well, like a cine film of my parents wedding um, it's never been located but if they located it said yeah, yeah you can have you can have it but you'll have to come out here for it then then I think I probably would go to Australia if that happens I'll go with you because I've always said I'll get, yeah, clear, I've I, always I, said I, I'd go I yeah, I've always said I'd go you, you, if I had a travel companion who, who was also that's right now, i can't i can't imagine anybody more i'd want with me than you because you know because I, I associate you with australian sense <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> because because um uh other paul who's on the show he his sister for a while yeah. lived in australia and i was kind of thought, oh maybe yeah. i'll get to um i could go with please travel with paul to, to wherever it is that she lives um but i think her family is so uh, because of her husband is, is sort of a businessman who travels you know they relocate yeah. to countries a lot so i don't think she's settled i think she was there for a couple of years and then they moved on somewhere else again so yeah uh, at the moment but if, if i did, if i did go it would need to be on a mission uh it, it would have to have a very firm purpose about it uh but yeah i'd, I'd yeah come come with me by all means uh but uh, i think ironically of course when i was six years old and mad about skippy the bush kangaroo or rather i was mad about the series um i wanted to join the cast so i dug my way through tried to dig my way through a a a beach uh which was probably in wales um and to dig my way to australia um regardless of the earth's core and and the all all the magma and you know i i i was so determined to meet the cast it's a shame you didn't know ick at the time because i believe he did something very similar to get to another podcaster in america although when when he reached their garden he was mistaken uh for a garden pest and 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 squirted with some sort of (laughs) uh, some sort of of foam but no i 
I, I think um, even geographically, the time was definitely definitely not on my side because the show had actually, you know, what I was watching was actually recorded yeah. in the late sixties. So I, I I would have been very bitterly disappointed. But I had a bit of a was Skippy on film. I had was a, it on film in color? Still, yeah, yes, it was. Yes, and I I must admit I had a bit of a. Uh, dare I say a boy crush on um, Gary Pankhurst? He was he was kind of was a, a, a sort of person I wanted to ha- hang out with, um, and I've, I uh, yeah. They must have they must have made that knowing they were going to show it around the world because general TV in Aus- in Australia was certainly still in black and white until the mid seventies. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting to you know what sort of. Um, the company uh, decided that actually it was a bit, a bit like the um, Trumptons yeah. and the Chigleys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they said actually colours the way forward. We're going to really we're going to make this on film and in colour. Um, so yeah, I th- it's interesting to see the the ones that did and the ones that didn't mm. in the in the sixties. Right, let's try another word. Uh, I shall. Yeah, <laughs> we're above and beyond really with that one. <laughs> <Yeah. didn't> we? <laughs> um, uh, Aren't many pyramids in Australia? Ooh. Interesting one. I'm Ooh. not sure. The next word we have is poison. Poison. Uh, you go first on this one. <laughs> you drink. Drink the cup first. I, uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, I, I suppose the first thing that comes to mind is that my mum. Um, obviously, I, I was very keen on Agatha Christie. Um, around the time that we met, uh, I was writing thrillers a lot. Or t- you were tending to be with. Uh, Sort of old, older characters, sort of along the lines of Miss Marple, um, and I do remember my mum bought me a book of poisons because she, you know, she knew somebody who was writing um, th- those sorts of stories. It would be useful to know these sorts of things, or what the aftertaste <laughs> might be, or what the. I don't know. That I actually yeah. used. Or what, what really what became of the book? Yeah. Maybe they had the second thoughts and took it away again. But uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do remember being bought a book of of sort of of poisons. Um, uh, but <laughs> as a twelve or thirteen year old by my by my mum and dad. But uh, yeah, um, uh, but it was, in, in a way, it was a ni- nice show of su- support. Perhaps, but as I say, perhaps, they, perhaps they thought as, as I they became a teenager that perhaps it was unsafe for me to have this book. <laughs> Well, that my mother bought me some useful research material. I, 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 yes, that's that's pretty good. That's that's definitely showing yeah, solidarity. I think that's the only thing I can. You know, obviously, I'm sure I've read many a book or or seen many a TV show where, um, but that that's the only one I can think I can think of which is yeah. uh, particularly linked to it to myself. But what about yeah. you? Um, three things come to mind. Um, two of them. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, three, three, one, two of them actually my own construct. Uh, there's a bit in my 1998 film One More Bow, which you were in, where there's a line, um, you know, one because with the soap opera Siren Saddles, there's a, uh, Ch- uh, Chantel who's playing one of the ghost char- lead characters who comes to this convention. He's quoting a line from the series, and he said. Uh, one chalice could contained a love potion, the other poison. And when I wrote it, I didn't think 
anything of it. Uh, but Chantel really kind of eats the furniture with the word poison. Because she, I don't know if I directed her this way or it's just this, the way the scene developed, but she, she goes on one shoulder of Louise, who's playing the other, she goes, I've heard the love potion. And she appears on the other, and the other, poison. And we had to do the sheet, that shot several times because the two of them just cracked up. And even though, you know, she, uh, I mean, you, if you went up to Chantel these days and said poison, uh, she, she might take a, a few beats to work out what the what you were talking about but at the time you know every time we saw her we were going poison <laughs> and, and, and kind of there's actually even a recording i've got of one of her gigs in the uh, about a month after we finished recording on on one more bow and, and uh, she does actually do the fight and uh, you know because she's still on her high from the filming the other thing is um a 19 19- 1986 uh, Magnet Editor story Magnet Editor being the series that's chronicled in my Magnet Memories book um, uh, it was a yeah, story called Hunger for Poison which I wrote right at the beginning of 86 which is a four part story which kind of owes its origins to a Doctor Who story I wanted to write of a similar nature where a, 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 a community's um, main produce is a sort of like a nutmeg thing which uh that it becomes poisoned and uh one of the one of the cliffhangers was based on the fifth saffron steel story where the, the body falls out of the cupboard um and i you know kind of tailored it round at the time i I've, i was rather disappointed with the way it came out but uh i that was that the other thing the third thing is um which I which I've shown you is the public information film called Apaches, uh, which I caught randomly um, on a, on the farming program in 1979. It's a, an infamous, a very extremely well done, but very hard hitting public information film, which uh, shows the dangers of um, that exist in a farm if you know kids are unsupervised and one of the most harrowing ones is when these these kids are playing cowboys and indians uh, which you did back in the 70s but uh, they the girl they're pretending to take a, a swig of this stuff uh, which is it was just a bottle they found and it turns out to be i don't know quite what it is some kind of fertilizer or you know and uh, the girl actually it drinks a little by accident and they say you're right and everything and and you hear her wake up in the middle of the night you know kind of basically burning inside <laughs> so it's a very disturbing kind of image of of, of poison and uh i suppose the other thing is i i've probably mentioned before but uh, willy willy wonka and the, uh, no uh, charlie and the great glass elevator which i read before i even saw or read uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory has a umpa lumpa parable for want of a better word on it of um, Goldie who drinks uh, who eats one of her grandmother's medications and becomes ill I remember that that, that story affected me very deeply when I was a kid because I was she's about my age and I, I was really worried about you know kind of there was as if Raldal was would 
cook up these obnoxious kids which you can just enjoy being knocked down and I was desperately worried about them because I was kind of that kind of guy but um, I, I did worry about people dying worry about people uh, characters on the telly when I was a kid I was very oversensitive but uh, it, yeah the poison yeah that, 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 that's a story that I burned into my memory almost as much as Apache's because of this kind of medication that was necessary to a grandmother but was actually made her ill was I think very relevant in my mind because my dad was ill throughout my childhood and had loads he had a whole picnic basket of medication which we used to take with us whenever we went on holiday and all of which had a, a slight whiff to it so I I, I I was around potential poisons throughout my childhood so I think I, it was any story like that where um, something that wasn't meant to be et in quantities or et by some, I think really hit a chord with me uh, because of that. I th and I think that that would be poison for me. You've reminded me of one other thing to do with my own writing uh, again. And I think this was in a Roland Quaverall um, story. Uh, it's been such a long time. But... Uh, and I think I have read um, um, uh, or played a recording of a Roland Quaverall story on this show years ago, so it won't be totally unfamiliar if you've listened to um, all of our episodes. But um, he was a detective, uh, and it was and usually encountering quite quirky scenarios. But anyway, I have a feeling that there was a killer in it who had um, who wore like a poison lipstick so it wouldn't affect somehow it wouldn't affect their lips but if you kissed them it would kill them and and i i was very happy with with that thinking i'd come up with that out of the blue and then not long afterwards i saw so we, we are talking sort of maybe like very early 90s uh soon after that i saw an episode of get smart where there was a killer who had poison lipstick and kissed and i and and i i was i was really cross because i thought well i haven't i it, you know if any anyone Whoever read the story would think I'd seen something that had, and, yeah. and, and it's the other way round. I, I was, it's very annoying. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I sympathise. I, I get annoyed when certain. Sto I mean, I've, there was a, a Matt Smith Christmas special um, where I think if you if something disastrous happened, if you opened your presents before Christmas Day, um, and. I was pitching that idea for an Alderbury pantomime <laughs> after Sunset Wadden. And I thought, oh, well, there goes another. That was a, yeah, that was, you might have remembered the monster. There was the, the baddie and it was going to be a monster made of lime scale. Um, and it called the limey. Um, uh, but uh, I, yeah, I've, it's, it's so infuriating. I mean, I mean with, with me, I found that, as as with Magnum Memory, I came, this, some of the ideas I came up with in the seventies uh, or, or early eighties were being done on Doctor Who in the two thousand the noughties or two thousand and tens. You know, I kind of I thought, oh yes, we got that first. Oh, so but it, it doesn't make it any easier, does it? No, I mean that's the thing. I've always <laughs> understood that there are probably plenty of you know the things that get made for TV and film are. It's very often the people are in the right place, and yet, and there are lots of writers who are writing just as originally, or have come up with these ideas, um, and who might be unpublished or might ha only have a very yeah. small following. Um, 
you know, the fact that you get something made is more is 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 a miracle. But it's not to say that you're the only person who's ever come up with that idea. You might be the only recorded, oh, yeah. you might be the only recorded person who's, you know, or the only example of it which someone can sit down and watch. But, um, oh. but uh, I mean, just look at Leonardo da Vinci in the aeroplane. I mean, mm. you know, if he came up with that before anybody else. I think some. I don't yeah, think he, he followed think, it through. I do think some writers get almost get ar- quite arrogant that because they have had that success that they they are somehow you know you know because their version you know their version of the the, the story. Occasionally, I've encountered people who've had similar ideas to me, and I've tried to engage with them in a sort of oh look, great minds think alike sort of thing, and I and got totally blanked. I I, I mean, a long time ago now, fifteen years ago, I did my poem Yeti Spaghetti and more recently I saw that there was a writer who'd done a children's book called Yeti Spaghetti and I just tweeted I mean she wasn't a fake I don't think she was famous particularly I just tweeted uh-huh. her and went oh and showed her the cover of my book and and um, and got no response whatsoever um, I wasn't accusing her of anything I wasn't I'm, I'm not famous enough for her to have copied copied me but uh, um, yeah. no, Yeti Spaghetti it's a pretty obvious rhyme and, it's, and, and you accept that you know the chances are other people will come up with it or use it but um, yeah, it's 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 funny. Like some people take sort of, you know. Usually, I try and call my books things that hopefully people won't be copying, because they're so uh, <laughs> so. Uh, um, That's why I I get I, I get annoyed with TV programs these days because they have such boring titles. titles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, boring. Yeah. I've I've you know I revenge. Or, think of something bloody yeah. or, or sort of you know sort of or bones or chips or <laughs> you know or, or sort of i don't know and and, and the doctors show i'm not knocking doctors but could they sort of something a bit more original I mean. uh, yeah well <laughs> I, I do get i do find uh, i do find modern doctor who stories i i when i hear the titles i'm like i can't remember which one that one is often the one word yeah. particularly the one word ones i'm like praxis i can't remember what oh, happens in praxis okay. or or this uh, one i can't remember. i think i quite like that one or is that another one I, whereas i don't well that, I, I, I yeah you don't get with, with the with the more with with the more 70 60s 70s 80s stories that, that they seem to be more oh right yeah you won't more well, you won't confuse you won't confuse that you know claws of axos that's not you know, that's <laughs> quite or the monster of peladon or something that yeah uh, well, I must admit, I've you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of the Stephen Moffat years, but I must admit he did come up with some good titles mm-hmm. um, that you know was, that stood out. He, even if I didn't particularly like the episodes, I, I, they they weren't memorable. Yeah. Like Good Man Goes to War, I mean, that, that was that's quite a good one. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, it's and also, I mean, films are just as bad. I mean, uh, a Russell Crowe film, A Good Year. I mean, Russell Crowe in a title like that, would I ever go to see that? Would I have? Yeah, sometimes. I, I could, sometimes they just have... A good year? What sort of bloody title is that? Yeah, sometimes they have films where it's like the name of a character, like John Smith or something, or, yeah. like, or what, what, what makes me want to go and see that? Yeah. Um, you know, unless you knew... It's, unless you knew... It's not like James Bond, where you know, oh, James Bond yeah. is, a, is, is a character that's well-established... John, John yeah. Smith or whatever the character is like. I mean, it wasn't as it was. It was a proper, a, a less common name than that, but it still made you yeah. not want. Didn't make you want to go and see it. Uh, also, the Bond films always, even now, they 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 still make an effort to have exciting titles as well. Um, Quantum of Solace was a bit weird, yes. um, but 
a, a not very successful it, film. It was like a bit that. like the James Bond version of Twisted My Sobriety. What what does what does <laughs> what does Quantum of Solace mean? <laughs> I, I still don't know. I think it was the name of some sort of group which you only discovered at the very end. I thought, well, but you know, No Time to Die. That's a nice lurid title. Um, and, and Bond esque. So yeah, they, 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 that franchise is still making an effort with the titles. Well, we should move on. Um, I think we're coming towards the end of the episode. So um, I'm going to try a two worder and see if, if that just causes confusion or whether um, it, it actually. Oh, no, I don't you know, suppose. He, we'll be all right. I mean, at worst, it, it'll just generate two different anecdotes from each of us. Exactly. Um, so let's have a go. So the two words are. Um, and they they can be taken separately, together, or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, we've got second, and we've got dessert. Oh, no, that's not dessert, that's desert. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly realised there wasn't an extra S. Second that just shows where we, don't need, we don't need to link it, do we? No, we don't uh, have to, unless, I mean... If, um, that's, I think that's why I was thinking, I was thinking second dessert. But it's second not, dessert, it's not, I mean, that would be, that, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely had uh, one of those. I feel quite full now. Um, um, so, no, it's second and desert. Um, second yeah. and desert. Um, um, I do, do you want to start with <laughs> Yeah, um... <laughs> I, I I think from uh, again from a Doctor Who point of view, second I think of Patrick Troughton as the, the second Doctor Who, um, and that's just the way my brain is is wired, um, and uh, yeah that is definitely the first thing that that comes to mind, um, and and I remember when I was a, a, a sort of a fledgling fan and they did. A, a repeat season uh, of uh, just before Peter Davison took over. So I, I, oh, that five faces. Yeah, I, I remember Patrick Troughton being one of uh, going through a stage where Patrick Troughton was my my favourite uh, Doctor. Um, I think I, I, I think I find that he's a sort of more Chaplin-esque Doctor. I I, um, I find it a little bit more annoying than I now um cause I, but then i used to like things like howard lloyd and and, and i'm yeah. not sure that 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 i'd be so keen on watching them now it's, i guess it's a you, you, yeah. you're, you're a comedy track i mean i guess you know doctor who the audience is is um a lot of lot of children as well as adults and and uh that that i had you know when i was younger that that's one of the things i liked about the second doctor so um but yeah that's that that's that's the 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 second option. D- desert. Um, I've never visited a desert. Um, I, I guess carry on, follow my camel, um, or follow that camel is probably that which is set in which is which is a carry on film set in the desert. Um, yeah. Which um, I remember having some good catchphrases and. Being quite I have a good ass, you know. Yeah. And there's, there's an on-running <laughs> joke about stamping, stamp, stamping my ticket or something, which is, yeah. um, I haven't seen it for quite. But I went through a stage when I first met Callum in the mid, mid to late nineties, where he would lend me a carry-on film, um, and I would watch it at lunchtime, on a Sunday, which I was I was living in a house by myself. Uh, well, there were other people, but we weren't. We didn't have meals together, and and I would have have my lunch and then I'd go down to the pub about four o'clock to meet Callum um, so I went through a lot of the 
the carry-ons um, like on a week by and also the Disney films um, in that sort of time so it's, it's probably I probably haven't seen follow my follow that camel s- since then but uh, yeah um, but yeah those 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 would be the two associations not the most closest associations but um, still what about yourself I think we, we seconds uh, I have to say I, I too I, li- I like Pat Trout and Stocks here uh, I think Again, I think uh, the Croton, even though the Crotons was quite a so-so story, um, I think his his doctor appealed to me uh, again, like yourself at the time. As be, um, he had some wonderful comic things. I, I probably, you know, the thing is, I I rate Troughton over Pertwee as an actor, but uh, and I like his doctor was a you're very very likable. But I have to say that I suppose because I grew up with Pertwee as the first Doctor I saw and I love his stories um, perhaps more consistently than I love Troughton's, um, even though I like Troughton's stories. But um, I tend to rate Pertwee's Doctor over Troughton's, and I, which I don't think is terribly fair of, of me, but uh, there you go. <laughs> but um, second, I've always liked... Now, how can I put this without sounding rude? Uh, I've always liked number twos of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've if it, 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 going back to who I've always, during the Baker years I always liked the second story in, into each season, Ark in Space, Planet of Evil, um, Invisible Enemy, um, City of Death, Pirate Planet, Megloss. I've always liked the, those two, that second story in. I've liked, I always like second seasons. Um, Blake Seven, I think, is probably series two is probably my favourite. Um, series two of Doomwatch is probably my favourite, um, and so on and so on. But um, I, I, yeah, I, I think number two. Yeah, I guess I feel good about. I feel good about. Yeah, I guess the, you could. Uh, you could take, second things. Yeah, you could take seconds to mean sequels, film sequels, and, and there are there yes. are there are a number of you know f- films that the the uh, the second or the sequels are just as good, if not better than than. Although it tends yeah. to be that that isn't the case. There are quite a lot. Yeah, of, that's a trouble, quite yeah. a lot of uh, examples where that is the case actually, and. Uh, yeah, I mean it doesn't. I, I mean, it, as as a rule to apply, it doesn't really hold up much water. But it does seem to be a recurring thing that I uh, I do like the second of of, of each. Yeah, the second season of Callan, for example, I think is better than the first. Well, maybe that's not quite fair of me because a lot of the first season missing and it's not as long. But um, so yes, I I I feel good about those the second. Yeah, the second year into things is is more established as well, and it's it's, it's easier to. Um, but uh, with deserts, not so defined. I mean, I've I've did a few stories with deserts in the magnetosphere, and um, I, I, there's one that was based particularly. I think I'd just seen Star Wars. There was Cure of the Melkronads which I did shortly after seeing Star Wars in 1978, and that, that was a desert. And it only when I went back to, to write the book, I sort of went, well, hang on a minute. These, these guys, although they don't look like Juwawas, they behave like Juwawas, and they operate in the desert. Hum! Uh, where did I get that from, I wonder? Um, but, uh, <laughs> and also, I suppose, and I'm, I've, I think this very much at the moment, because we're re-watching The Champions um, on... Um, 
the ITC series um, on uh, talking pictures on on Sunday nights. And uh, there's a scene where they, they they have a few desert stories. And of course, it's uh, dear old uh, Pinewood or Elstree or whatever, Shepperton back, back lot. Uh, you know, with 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 a bit of sand thrown in for good measure, but um, yeah, you kind of thinking ah, de- deserts with ITC, yes, on the back lot, uh, you know, on on the set. Um, so that, yeah, you know, people sort of sort of dying of thirst in the deserts and things like I that. I think so. yeah, I think deserts are sort of the I I um I tend to like places with. Lots of trees, so the deserts are probably yeah. Uh, you know, if you drop me in a desert, I'd I'd probably be in my least com- comfortable. <laughs> no, well, I suppose you've got you, there's 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 dear old cactus, but uh, you know they're they're they're, lo- they're not very cuddly, are they? I mean, uh, no. you could do you could do it a Sutton Park episode with a cactus or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do like <laughs> I do like cactus. Um, uh, but but uh, they, uh, oh, one last thing on deserts actually uh, concerns us both, and of course. Um, uh, Twenty-one years ago, you and I flew over the desert um, in uh, in Nirvana to, 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 to in by name, and uh, we saw Las Vegas as a, a twinkling cluster of lights in, uh, remotely uh, from afar, and realised however big Vegas is, it's it's a tiny speck in the desert because it's built right smack bang in the middle of the desert. It must have been an absolute pig to make for the first time. You know, when they were first starting out, can you imagine? Let's 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 fly miles into the desert, and I mean, what did, they must have had? They must have brought some resources with them because it must have been an absolute pig to build to start with, because they would have had nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah, I don't know why um, that point was the point that they chose. <laughs> when, when, I don't know. Was there a very was a very very small community there to start with? I'm not sure. I'm I, sure we could Wikipedia it and we'd find the answer. But yeah, I mean, I just remember the the feeling that we were here there in the vast desert, and um, also all the the entire week we were there. I remember seeing the horizon um, uh, with the de- the Nirvana constantly around us. You look round and you could see see it completely around you, and it looked all it looked unreal it looked like some painted backdrop on a film didn't you go to the um, i don't I know i know i didn't come with you but uh, didn't you go to the hotel from diamonds are forever which um was wasn't quite so on the strip or something i, I can't remember it was right at the far end of the strip i didn't actually get into downtown in the end but um I, but yeah i went to what i think was that one i'm not that i was never 100 percent sure it's where it's the hilton it's where the um, Star Wars, uh, not Star Wars, uh, Star Trek uh, exhibition is, and um, I I did go there and I, I took some photographs of it and I was, it was the nearest match that I could see for the for the big hotel where Willa White is in a, at the top in Diamonds are Forever and and um, Connery upsails down to upsails up should I say to meet him did you walk or get a taxi I can't remember I have to say, I I, I, I'd walk I don't remember yeah. I, the only taxi I can remember us getting is uh, to and from the airport. Ho- uh, the beginning of uh, yeah. airport at the beginning of the end so I, I certainly I don't I didn't take a taxi well, I, did, I did go to downtown when I went for my 30th about three years later and then when I went with Dominic in about 2011 or 12 10 whatever um we went. He drove us from LA, uh, and we did have a like a rest stop, um, uh, and and uh, that 
that yeah, it's still difficult to think of that as a desert with there being a, like a, a motorway running through it. And, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, so it was it was a really interesting experience. But no, as soon as I got home, because I to beat jet lag, I kept deliberately sort of forced myself to keep awake so I could see say hello to Ali when she got, came home from work, and uh, and I I kept myself awake by watching sort of clips of Diamonds of Forever and trying to locate all the the bits we'd seen. Uh, again, uh, I think there's, there's a bit in uh, Austin Powers, the first Austin Powers movie where he drives through Vegas. Um, but yeah, I, I, Circus Circus, for example, it was a revelation to me because I assumed it was a fictional casino, or fictional place that uh, the Bond people had, had sort of cooked up and they filmed everything in the studio. But no, it's a real... It was a real place, and the sign is still the same as it was in '71. Um, so I, I was going, "Oh, right." <laughs> the third time I went there, I was inspired by. I remember seeing on the drive there. I saw like two cafes either side of the road, and I wondered if there was a rivalry between them. And, I, and then I think <laughs> I, I wrote. A, I think I wrote a story about the potential, a, a short story about the potential rivalry between the ca- the cafes, and I think. I can't remember if that's the same story that involved um, tumbleweeds that were sent, like, uh, to kill sort of passing um, sort of hitchhikers. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, well, I think we probably uh, run out of time for, for this uh, episode, but um, I, I think that's been quite a, a fruitful um it's got legs. I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, it's certainly we could go anywhere. Yeah, really, we should probably. do. We should do another episode in the future. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Nick, thanks for thanks for joining in this experiment. Pleasure, pleasure. <laughs> experiment. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um, uh, for, I, uh, listen, so I take the electrodes out. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> listeners, we, we uh, uh, I, I think we can probably give away. Uh, the fact that um, we actually had trouble with internet connectivity during this episode. Uh, the first half of yes. this episode was recorded uh, about three or four days uh, before this end of the episode. <laughs> um, and all, all I could hear in my end was... <laughs> yeah, which I'm sure... Um, which is how I speak anyway. Isn't yes. <laughs> <it>? <laughs> okay, well, anyway, we'll, we'll join you again soon. Thanks for listening. And, uh, yes, indeed. We'll say goodbye for now. Bye-bye now. Goodbye. Bye-bye. So, um, we Uh do have one more word to discuss before the end of the episode. I'm going to generate it now. Ooh. (laughs) It's a weird one. Here's the balls. Uh, um, the word is pincer. Pincer? No, no, pin- no, no uh, pincer. P-I-N- pincer? Oh, P-I-N-C-E-R. Ah. Um, ah. I, I, I can, uh, uh, do you want to go first? Or, or? Yes. Um, two things. My, my favourite Doctor Who monster, the Nucleus, had pincers. Bec- uh, jagged pincers. Um, and sure enough, a, a lot of the monsters I then created for the Magnus editor at the time, I was nine at the time, had pincers. The pincers were in the in the thing. Uh, so I think pincers probably, rather than crabs, I've never met a crab. Well, actually, I have met a crab um, in Mole. Um, 
2010, we, there was a Sunday market. Very little in there, but um, even the even the even the criminals are very polite. Yeah, somebody stole a car and they returned it the next day and said sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, but there was a crab alive. They had a live market there, and uh, there was a crab there. And very, you know, people were buying the crabs to take away and eat. And um, you could almost see this crab kind of thinking there's something very wrong here uh, and kind of edging away to the door <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think that was great but pincers yes i mean very useful for monsters uh for creatures um and yes yeah, so ice warriors and doctor who that are pincers um but yes that's i think that's the main thing with pincers you know monsters that's what i think <laughs> with monsters This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Ooh, such mysteries. (laughs) Yeah, yippee. He's crazy. Oh, yippee. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. I would say I would say when it comes to pincers, I would also be thinking of Doctor Who, but I was thinking of the macro in the macro terror uh, from the sixties. But yeah. um, and and the macros also were used very briefly in a David Tennant story. Um, Gridlock. Yeah. Um, years later, and and then more recently they've cartoonized because the, the macro terror doesn't exist um, other than a very short yeah. clip and they um, they cartoon, cartoonized the whole four part story and um, I enjoyed watching that when, when that was released and uh, it, 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 it probably um, made the story a lot more believable having it cartoonized in a way because cause, uh, the cartoon was very well done, um, whereas I'm not sure that the original monster was supposed to have been quite so well done. But uh, uh, from from the clips, no, he, he doesn't look too clever, does he? I mean, I've uh, my, my only apart from the fact that it was probably my least favourite Troughton story, but I my main objection about the DVD was it was actually the, the my favourite scene was cut out. And I have no idea why. Well, it's when Trout, uh, they're all in this community and they're, they're being given groovy clothes and things like that. And the Doctor has this 
uh, box, you know, where and they 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 tend more neat and nice. And of course, his his chaplain esque scruffy doctor doesn't like this, so he reverses the process and makes himself scruffed again. I mean, so, ah, that's better. Uh, and that's my favourite bit of the whole story. And, and and they didn't do I'm not it. Quite sure why that couldn't be rendered. It can't. Doesn't sound that complicated. Um, no, I mean the stills exist, so we know exactly what it looks like. It's basically drowned in a box, for yeah. goodness' sake. I mean, it's it's. How how difficult can it be to draw a I'm box? Sure. But um, I've, 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 that's my, my only objection about that. The only thing I can think of is I that they were they had a deadline, and, and, and but then it wouldn't. It, it was in an early episode. <laughs> so you would have thought that that would have been done yeah. earlier. But, yeah, I, I have absolutely no idea why. Yeah. But uh, now, yeah, the other thing I can think of is uh, there's a, a singer I like who I've sort of discovered last year, although she'd been around a bit longer. Um, called Dua Lipa and the video of her latest song uh, I, actually, I, I actually forget the name of the song but, um, but, but the video of it uh, involves her singing the song like, a, like she's a chanteuse um, presumably at a club and it's a, a restaurant and she's singing in front of the diners and there's and a lot of the video is from the point of view of the lobsters waiting to be taken to, <laughs> to be killed um, and yeah. to be cooked and then and, get, and and as the song goes on, the numbers go down, and then it get, just gets to the um, it just gets to the um, the last lobster, and suddenly there's an alert, and suddenly water comes pouring through the the restaurant, and you realise that the whole video had been set on the Titanic the whole time, and and as the ship goes down, the lobster just swims away. <laughs> Because <laughs> actually, when I was watching to start with, I thought, "Well, oh, this is a bit horrible. I don't really want to see these lobsters being dropped in the pan." But then it had a nice twist. It was a bit like watching a, some sort of tales <laughs> the unexpected if the lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, well, the other thing with lobster on the subject of lobsters, uh, two things. Um, I've, I've just been reading Michael Seeley's most excellent, uh, uh, up-to-dated version of the Doom Watch book, which you very kindly got me for Christmas. Uh, so I've just just come to the end of it now. And one of the missing stories is one called Spectrum at the Feast, where a, a, a group, this conference is being poisoned, and it and the culprit turns out to be uh, po- um, polluted uh, lobsters or lobsters in polluted water, uh, which causes all these manic hallucinations. Um, the other thing is our very first film together. Well, not the the one one we collaborate collaborated on writing wise. Not not the very first film we did together, but uh, Sutton Park Prison in the Sun. Uh, we had there was a picnic scene, and we had where I wrote in this lobster, and we thought I thought, oh yeah, any old kitchen shop would have a plastic lobster we can just get out and blah 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 blah. blah. And um, we could I could not find. There, there was a kitchen shop in in Salisbury then, uh, on Catherine Street, and I thought, no, no, did they have not? And I went to back in. Have you got a no? And um, I said, I said to Keith at the time, I'm going to I'm going to go and ask them whether they've got crabs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's never let me live that down. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think in the end uh, we see Lisa push aside the uh, have a look in the picnic basket and just go ooh so we can only assume yeah. what she was <laughs> looking at but yeah we, that that um, came to bite us in the in the bite us in the bum with a pincer that uh, one that, that uh, gagged it so that's pincers for you <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> 
Are you still there? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? So I'm having uh, having hello? trouble with my uh, connections. Hello? Oh, hi. Uh, hello. Hello. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can. Yes. Um. Um. Uh, 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 do you have some problems? Yeah, I, I can. I can hear you. Yeah. Can you Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you Can you hear me now? Yes. Right. Uh, right. we might... I th- I'm, I'm having trouble with my earphones. I, uh, I could only hear what, uh, sort of a few words. So I thought, ah, maybe it's the earphones. When I pulled the earphone out, it's um, yeah, I could hear you okay. So I've actually switched earphones, mm. but um, I'm not quite sure that's done the trick. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what it goes. That's, how about now? I, Is that all right? I, I can hear you fine. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that seems to be okay now. I brought on some slightly more sophisticated mm. earphones. Um, we might. I, I think. I think we can start. Oh, I need to find that thing. Um, we might as well move on to another word. I've got a a massive echo then. Which was weird because it's not doing it now. Why did it start? (laughs) Okay, right, we'll start again. Hello and welcome. Show my 